morning, church. And welcome uh, online as well. Uh, Just want to say welcome to our brand new sermon series. It's all about relationships. Now, not just romantic relationships, although there's implications for sure, but all human relationships. Uh, Our lives are formed, right, by the relationships that we have. And the health of those determines the health of our lives, the quality of life we live. I would even venture to say, at least this is true for me, they've determined the trajectory, the direction of my life. Um, Why a series on relationships? Well, besides what I just said, um, it's because of King Jesus. Over the past seven weeks, if you've uh, been a a, a part of our online services or in person, we've studied King Jesus And we just ended that series last week. And it's because of him making him king of our lives that our relationships are just supposed to look different. In fact, if you follow Jesus, your relationships aren't just supposed to look different or expected to look different. They are required to look different. If you aren't really a church person, but you felt the draw, maybe you're here today or you're watching on your couch somewhere, but you felt the draw towards church, it may very well be because someone in your life follows Jesus and does what Jesus requires of them to do in their relationship with you. And in the same token, if if you aren't really a church person and you don't want to be a church person, it may be, not always, but it may be because someone who who follows Jesus, did not, did not do what Jesus requires in their relationship with you. And there's hurt there. There's baggage there. So what does he require? Where does all this come from? What does Jesus actually require of us to do? Well, I'm really glad that you asked because it's something completely different. Uh, when, he, when he first said these words, it was it was. Completely new, completely different. It was what love was always supposed to be. It was was what relationships were always supposed to look like. But his followers, it just blew them away. And what I love is that one of his followers, it's my favorite account of Jesus' life, his name was John. And John was with Jesus through it all. He saw the miracles. He saw everything. And and John took it upon himself, just like a a few others, to write down a detailed account of Jesus' life. But what I love about John's account is that he even says, he admits, I didn't write everything. Because if I did, there's no books in the world that would be long enough, right? But he says in uh, in his same account, he says this, and I love this. He says that if this is all you ever read about Jesus, it's enough, so because of that, he writes in there this, this, it's two verses, and it's completely transformed my life, it transformed their lives, it transforms the world even today. In fact, I love this verse so much, it's one of my tattoos on my arm. I, I love it. Um, it's just a coordinate that I want to live by. So John remembers Jesus looking at him and, and all those present and saying this in John 13, 34 through 35, a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, they will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus was so crystal clear on this. In fact, there's no room for misinterpretation. Why? Because in just a few days, he would show exactly how much he loves them. 
as if he hadn't showed them enough already. He would die, he would be buried, and then just as he promised, he would come back. That's a holiday we celebrate in just a few weeks. He would come back. And he would put a pin in every single promise he ever made to his followers. Never before had this kind of love, had this brand of love been talked about and then lived out. So why do we need a relationship series other than all that I just mentioned? Jesus made them look completely different. And maybe you have had a really hard time in the past year or months or maybe decade with love, with relationships, maybe with your faith. In fact, this last year was really hard on a lot of relationships. Whether it was uh, distance from, sometimes proximity with, uh, relationships, even before last year, they struggled. And maybe you're here and one of yours is struggling. Maybe a few of yours are struggling. And if you are a follower of Jesus, if you walk with him, it's probably because someone in your life invested in you and had a relationship with you that lived out exactly what Jesus required of them. They loved you as he loved them. And it captivated you. It caused you to get so excited And sometimes we need reminded of it still. You see, when this brand of love is followed, it's awesome. Marriages, they just work. Even in hard times, they just work because each spouse is racing to the end of the line for the good of the other person. They're like competing to just submit to one another and outdo one another in service. It's an incredible way to live a marriage. When this brand of love is followed, siblings, even though they annoy the fire out of each other and you as their parents, there's unity in the family. They understand they're for each other. They have to be for each other. There's a mission that's greater than the disagreement between them. And while that may be rare sometimes in your household, when you hit it, it's probably that moment when you're like, man, Jesus, take me now. This is awesome. Dating relationships. When, when this brand of love is followed, it's incredible because you value each other. You value each other's body. You want what's best for the other person. It's a really great way to get to know somebody with this brand of love backing that up. Work relationships. I love working in an environment that, that has that John 13 love, which I believe that I do. Because your work relationships are honest. They're truthful. You're for one another. And even when things seem mundane and busy, you're, you're pushing the vision of the organization forward. And, and it's because you love one another. It's a beautiful place to work. But on the same token, church, when this brand of love isn't followed, it's the worst. Marriages, they fail when they didn't have to. Instead of wanting to be for one another, it's just trying to outdo one another and be right. Holding grudges. Not saying what needs to be said, even though it's a hard conversation. Siblings, they just annoy the fire out of each other. They annoy the fire out of you, and they're always trying to get a one-up on one another, and your house is just completely in shambles, right? It is so annoying. You have no idea where you went wrong, (laughs) and it it feels kind of hopeless, doesn't it? In dating relationships, they they become about what what you need, what you can get. Filling your needs, whether it be sexual, emotional, financial. And games are played, feelings are hurt, 
questions are always left unanswered. And work relationships, man, they stink. Like you walk into a room and everybody quits talking because they were probably just talking about you. You know the feeling. And, 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 and you're not sure who to trust and you feel unsafe. And you feel like you just got to keep your head down and, and press on. Those kinds of work relationships aren't very fun to work in. <laughs> in fact, there's a term that we use a lot in our culture. It's been around for a long time, but in a digital age, it's so easy to do. It's a term called ghosting. Now, I've been ghosted <laughs> a few times. You've been ghosted. And I hate to admit it, but it's true. And I bet you have these stories. I've ghosted other people. And, and you probably have too. And it stinks. Here's what ghosting is. It's the practice of ending a personal relationship with someone by suddenly and without explanation, withdrawing from all communication. The best example I can give you is one that sitcoms and television shows, they always make it look humorous, but it's really not. It's when a casual dating experience typically turns sexual and they're ghosted, right? He all of a sudden doesn't call you back. He won't return your texts. Or maybe you share how you feel with her, and all of a sudden, she's, just, she's out of there. You can't find her, although you know that she's still there. She's commenting on Facebook. She's liking that other guy's stuff, but not yours. And while it may look humorous on a television screen, it's not, is it, if you've been the re recipient of that behavior? It's a lonely place. You're asking questions. Did you know that Jesus' disciples, <laughs> of all people, they ghosted people? They did. In fact, there was, there was this one time that they ghosted a guy that Jesus, in typical Jesus fashion, actually ended up bringing him along in their group, and they did not like it. But they, they ghosted people. You see, it's easy, to, it's easy to think, oh, John 13, 34 through 35, yeah, I love one another as I loved you. That is easy when the relationships are good, when you know the person's for you. But it is a different story, isn't it, when the relationships are broken? What about the hard ones? What about the annoying ones? What about the ones that are different? What do you do then? Does it even apply? Jesus' group of followers were asking the exact same question of this one guy that they couldn't stand. A guy that got ghosted all the time. See, Matthew was different. Matthew was a tax collector. Now, let me just explain. A tax collector in his day was a, a Jewish person who collected taxes for the Roman Empire from his own Jewish people. From his own people who were oppressing them and gave it to the, Ro the Roman Empire. He betrayed his own people for a job to cover his own tail. And what made matters worse, as a tax collector, you could do this. You could actually overcharge someone, your own people. And the Roman, the Roman Empire didn't need it. You could pocket the rest of that. And Matthew had probably done this. In fact, everyone knew why they were ghosting Matthew, and Matthew knew it too. And, and no doubt, I can just imagine, like Jesus has probably passed by this guy's booth a few times. He passes by, and no doubt, Jesus' disciples had. And even worse, Matthew had probably overcharged some of Jesus' disciples and pocketed their money. 
You can imagine the anger. You can, I would ghost someone like that. I, I, if they were going to come along, I'd be like, give me my money, man. Then you can come along. But Jesus does something so different, so radically different. And, and I think it even baffled Matthew. In fact, I, I think that even when Matthew rewrites this, he's, he writes his own account of Jesus' life, just like John. It, this blows me away. Matthew gives one verse in his account of his conversion story when he writes it in third person. Here's all he says. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew, me, sitting in a tax booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. That's it. This guy that has known nothing but isolation is asked to become part of something big, and that's all he writes. Now, if you're like me, I wanna know more. And I'm so thankful. I don't know if you've watched this yet, but if you haven't seen The Chosen, go home today and binge it. Their slogan's binge Jesus, do it. You won't get up, you won't get up. But in in episode seven, I'm so thankful for this organization and what they do. They illustrate exactly what I imagine this interaction being and it's emotional for me because I can picture myself as, as Matthew. What I want you to do is I want you to watch this and I want you to pay attention to Matthew's response. I want you to pay attention to the disciples' response. Check it out. Matthew. Matthew, son of Alphaeus. Yes. Follow me. Me? <laughs> yes, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. What are you doing? You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy has done? Do you even know him? Yes. Listen, I said to... What are you doing? Where do you think you're going, guys? Let me go. Have you lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're gonna throw it all away. Yes. I don't get it. You didn't get it when I chose you either. But this is different. I'm not a tax collector. Get used to different. I'm glad we passed by your booth today, Matthew. Yes. Shall we? We have a celebration to prepare for. You will regret this, Matthew. What's the tablet for? I grabbed it without thinking. You can put it back. No, no, keep it. 
may yet find use for it. Where are we going? A dinner party. I'm not welcome at dinner parties. Well, that's not going to be a problem tonight. You're the host. You know who Peter was, don't you? <laughs> Get used to different. It was so different. But get used to it. He is rewriting still the way we think love should look to how it actually looks. And he wants to rewrite that in your life. I love how Matthew writes third person. He actually talks about that dinner party next. And he says while they were having dinner, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, Many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? He was saying, what is wrong with that guy? On hearing this, look, they weren't talking to Jesus. He overheard and he goes to bat. Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Different. Church, get used to different. That was his message. And it did not matter. And I love this. It didn't matter if you followed Jesus or not. Things were going to be different. Because ever since Jesus walked this earth and initiated this new brand of love, this new kind of different. It has been transforming people's lives ever since. So why was it so hard for them? It is a lot of the same reasons it's hard for you and I. I know a lot of the same reasons it's hard for me. You see, like, like, like us, they typically associated with people who were like them, looked like them, thought like them. In fact, their religion told them you shouldn't associate with anyone else. But Jesus said, no, we're changing all of that. There's a new command in town. And this sounds a lot like many of us, doesn't it? I don't know about you, but I really enjoy confirmation bias. I enjoy um, getting confirmed about stuff that I already think I'm right about. You do too. You know you do. It's okay. We do that. But to follow this new brand of love, it requires us, honestly, a lifetime of changing the way that we think and we interact with people who are different than us. And I say a lifetime because I don't even think that's enough time to even become remotely good at it. It's constantly pulling us towards something different. Get used to it. How's this actually look in the lives of a Jesus follower? If you trust and follow Jesus, it's, it's easy to say, but it's so hard to do. How's this look in the life of a Jesus follower? Well, instead of ghosting, you start hosting. You move from ghosting those around you that rub you the wrong way, that are different, that are your enemies, and you start to host them. Let me tell you something. Some of the most 
growing moments in my life or when I hosted people in my life who were different, who were different than me, who dressed different than me, who talked different than me, who believed different than me. And you know what the really great thing is? That doesn't matter. That doesn't affect if I love that person or not. It doesn't. Because when you quit ghosting people and you start hosting people, it opens up doors that you never thought could ever open, that only God could open. But it requires us to move into that hosting attitude. I would say posture of hosting others that are different. Jesus' followers wanted to ghost Matthew, and aren't you glad they didn't? Think of, think of how many millions of people Matthew's gospel alone has reached because Jesus didn't let the majority stifle his calling of Matthew, and Matthew had the courage to go. In fact, Matthew, uh, his gospel was tailored a lot towards like Jewish language culture. That was, his, that, that was who he was trying to reach for Jesus, and it was pretty neat because I used to work with a guy, a pastor, that um, he had a friend that would call him who was Jewish, and um, he would use the gospel of Matthew to relay the truths of Jesus. And that would have never happened still today if, if Jesus would have allowed his disciples to ghost him. Get used to different. When you disagree, you host them anyways. Our natural inclination is to ghost people, but we open up our lives and we host them in ways we never have, in ways that makes us uncomfortable, in ways that may make other people think differently about us. But our lives go from pushing away to our hands open to welcoming people into our lives. Jesus' followers, they wanted to ghost him. He wouldn't let them. And this series is going to focus on a new kind of different. This series is going to make us uncomfortable. This series is going to cause us to rethink some things. In fact, I'm willing to bet, I know as I preach, this is the second time I preached this this morning, each time I have people, and I bet you do too, that pop into my mind with broken, hurtful relationships, with relationships that maybe aren't as strong as they should be. What are we going to do about it? This series is going to show you exactly how you should live in those relationships, to live with this new brand of love that Jesus not only expects, but commands us to live if we follow him. We had better get used to different. When we, when we open up and we start to host people in our lives, it's more than just tolerating them. It's literally accepting and walking alongside them. Now, does that mean we forsake the things that we believe that we know are true? Absolutely not. But we don't just tolerate other people. We accept them and we walk with them, especially when it comes to the thick and thin of life. We walk with them through those challenges. Even when the truth is hard and we have to say hard truths, it comes from a place of love. This new kind of different, it looks different to people. And let me tell you something, you will be asked. It will stand out like a sore thumb and people will wonder what has gotten into you. They'll wonder if you're walking away from things. They'll, they'll wonder why you're wasting all of this time trying to understand another person who doesn't think or act or look like you. And the cool thing is it will captivate them because it's done that ever since Jesus. It's captivating. And the truth is, church, I can't apply this for you. 
We oftentimes really like when pastors will say, here's how you apply it to your marriage, to your kids, to this, 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 and we give exact instructions. I'm not gonna do that. It's your turn. You know how this applies in your life. How can you move to hosting in your marriage? Because maybe you live in a household where you are ghosting one another. How can you move the hosting with your children, with your children's friends, with your children's friends' parents? How can you move to hosting in your dating relationships and your engagement? Um, how can you move to hosting in your work environments? You have to apply it, but you can. Listen to God's leading. Listen to his spirit pull on your heart. Listen to those voices. You'll know. You'll know. But church, let's move from ghosting to hosting. And the rest of this series is going to show us how. And what I want you to do is make sure that you don't miss next week. Because next week we unpack a key facet to moving into this new kind of relationship that Jesus commands us to move into. We are in charge. We are responsible to bring this new brand of love to a world that's hurting, to a world that's dark, to a world that needs it. So let's go show them, you and me. And it starts today. God, thank you so much for your promises. Thank you for the challenge. It is hard, God. It's so hard. Um, but you didn't call us anything easy. We thank you that even though it's hard, you've given us the power and the tools to, um, to follow you. Help us to be like Matthew. Help us to welcome others into our lives that we didn't before. Father, just lead us. Help us to be faithful in all that we do. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. And so in your name we pray, amen.